Good morning, good avo, good day. Wherever you are, we hope you are well. Whether you are currently driving to work, pretending to work, at the gym, strolling in the park, waiting for your phone provider's hold music, or just having a ripe old chill somewhere. Happy Wednesday and welcome to another brand new episode of Happy Hotties, the podcast. Where we ask, answer and banter about the burning questions and topics you've been dying to discuss with your mum. If this is the first time you're tuning in, allow us to introduce ourselves. My name is Jasmine and sitting across from me, as always, is the light of my life. She who selflessly pushed me into this world, my mother, Ilana Katz. Pushed with a lot of screaming and pain, may (laughs) I add. But worth it, right? Definitely. (laughs) So, Mother Dearest, how are you? What is the latest and greatest? I'm great. The weather is just beautiful. And I've just come home from a walk at Bondi Beach. How was Bondi Beach today? Buzzing. Buzzing. Absolutely buzzing. I think all the kids are at school and the mums and dads are walking along with their dogs And it's really, really lovely down there. Wholesome and blissful. And what's been cooking with you? (laughs) I'm good. Although if I have to see another overly filtered makeup tutorial vignette to Justin Bieber's new song, Peaches, I might just slap someone. How does this song even go? Like all I can hear is the chorus. I'm glad he gets his weed from California and his light from the source, whatever that means. But I'm over it. I'm over it. That's what I saw this morning. And I think his peaches means his bum. He got his peaches from California. I think he's just running out of of lyrics, to be honest. So do you have any horrors, highlights, ha-has, any of the above? I've got a hottie horror. I was doing a gym class. It was a chilled out class where you meditate and the lady next to me was on her phone most of the time. So I couldn't really meditate. And in the end, I got so frustrated. I politely said to her, can you please get off your phone? Can you put your phone away? Because you're not only distracting me, you're distracting other people. In the middle of this Zen chilled class, she started screaming at me. And people turned around and looked at her. And I'm thinking, great, this is exactly (laughs) what I need now at nine o'clock in the morning. Oh, no. That's terrible. That is also quite rude. I feel like people should just ditch the tech, you know, disconnect to reconnect sort of vibes. I agree. But unfortunately, a lot of people can't get away from their phones, not even if it's 45 (laughs) minutes. Are you going to be going back to that class? I'm going to be going back to that class. And I'm sure she's not going to go anywhere near me. What about you? I have a horror. I seem to always be having horrors, but you know what? They make good content. I was going to the gym as well one morning and it was super early. I parked the car on the street in a very legal spot, I may add. I came back 45 minutes later and my number plate was gone. I walked past the car because I thought, oh no, (laughs) mine has a number plate. And the car behind me also didn't have a number plate. 
I was so confused. So I drove home San's number plate. Meanwhile, I got a call from the RTA. They said, can you please come and pick up your number plate? And I thought I was being scammed. So I was a little bit rude to the lady because I thought she was taking the mickey out of me. But in the end, she convinced me that it was legitimate. My number plate had been thrown into the rubbish and someone took it out of the rubbish and took it to the RTA. Hence, they rang me. And then I got home like 10 minutes after that. And you came home and you said, you're not going to believe this. My number plate's gone. And, and I there s- was the last piece of the puzzle. It's baffling to me. I don't understand what the motive was there. I parked in a perfectly legal spot. There were signs and everything. I was there 40 minutes by the time I had walked to the class and back. It was a short class. And it was the early morning. I was perfectly entitled to park there. I don't know why anyone would have taken my number plate off. So obviously the person who unscrewed your number plate is a serial number plate unscrewer. (laughs) The person must walk around with a screwdriver in his or her pocket. This person seems to be malicious and evil. I just wish, I wish I had the time in my day to go around unscrewing number plates. Who has the time to do that? They also don't even get to reap the fruits of their labor because they can't even see my distress. And then unless they're watching me from somewhere far away. But I wasn't even distressed at first. I was just confused. And then I thought, well, I need to go home somehow. And if you're listening, oh, cunning number plate thief malicious evil person we're coming (laughs) so the inspiration for this week's episode came this weekend when i did a market stall it is fascinating watching people really seriously ruminate over a five-year-old top that may or may not have makeup stains on it but it really showed me one's trash is truly another's treasure I loved it there. I went down to visit you. It was really good fun. People watching. I bought a goslem, which was yummy. And for people who don't know what a goslem is, it's a Turkish snack. And And I had it with spinach and cheese. I sat on the grass and did a lot of intense people watching. People watching is seriously my favorite activity. It's fascinating. And when you're running a stall, you kind of have to people watch because otherwise people might steal things. So it was a good excuse for me. But bringing it around, I was very inspired by all the different people that I was seeing and especially all the different couples that I was seeing. You saw some very random matches at those markets. Extremely random. I was quite surprised, actually. It was thoroughly enjoyable. It was really enjoyable. And is where we gain our inspiration for today's episode, which is all about culturally diverse relationships. Now, mom, as someone who has taught a lot of people from many different countries over the years, maybe 194 different countries, (laughs) you are certainly an expert on this. I hope so. What is culture to you? In a simplified form, in my head, I would define culture as a way of life for a group of people, taking in behavior, beliefs, values, Mm. and even symbols and colors. Do you want to elaborate on that? The treatment of women, the treatment of children, even the treatment of animals. 
people's different roles in various cultures. Absolutely. It's fascinating when people from different cultures get into relationships because suddenly they may be presented with a whole host of new challenges that they had never given much thought to because they weren't intimately connected to them. One story that sticks in my mind, I had a student from Italy and he had a Japanese girlfriend. He went to his Japanese girlfriend's family's place for dinner and he was having noodle soup and the grandfather kept giving him dirty looks <laughs> and the poor guy didn't know what was going on. He later found out that the grandfather was angry and insulted that he didn't slurp his soup. You're kidding. Yeah, because the grandfather said that he insulted the grandmother oh. because if he was really enjoying the soup, he would have slurped it. Oh. I swear you have met so many interesting people out of that classroom of yours. My class was the epicenter of dating. <laughs> All the chemistry that was going on in the class. Sometimes I had 30 different students from 20 different countries. Oh my God, you were like Osher Ginsberg in The Bachelor. You could have handed out little roses in hushed tones. <laughs> or married at first sight. <laughs> the Cupid, the Cupid of the English class. Before we get into some questions for today, I want to discuss dating etiquette in other countries because I think it's really fascinating that certain things are insulting to one group and complimentary to another. Let's start with dating in Australia. Dating Australia. Australia. Oz. Down under. Why are you putting on an accent? You have one. <laughs> Let's talk about dating in Australia. Here, it's very casual. Mm, very laid back. The guy doesn't pay. I think that people go 50-50. What do you think? That's definitely something that's changing worldwide. It's yeah. just such an antiquated old mentality to have. Because in Mexico, guys always pay for girls. Okay, so from Australia to Mexico, that was rapid. Well, I know that in Mexico, public displays of affection are really normalized as well whereas in Australia maybe not necessarily the case oh I disagree there are lots of displays of affection in Australia walk through a park go to, even go to a petrol station or a restaurant Australia Getting frisky in a petrol station <laughs> interesting concept I think mm, that those diesel fumes they just <laughs> just doing things to me displays of affection are so normal here what do you think about them do you like pda of course i do it shows that people are human I and know. normal i and love it when people are like yeah that's gross i'm like nah it's awesome keep at it and if you want to give someone a peck on the cheek give them a peck on the cheek what about a nice slurp session what like a big <laughs> tongue kiss where you yeah. stick your tongue down someone's throat <laughs> I don't know. Actually, do whatever. Moving whatever. along to France. <laughs> a lot of my students often commented, by the way, in case you're just tuning in, I'm not a high school teacher. I teach adult education, <laughs> people over 18. They often commented about the displays of affection in Sydney. What would they say? That they're not used to it because a lot of the Asian students aren't allowed to hold hands. It's not a done thing in some Asian countries. Did they like that change? They loved it because it's just very casual and laid back. It's new. It's different. 
Actually, fun fact regarding Asian countries. I was reading an article the other day and it was talking about the imbalance in the population in China. And in 2019, there were 715 million males and 685 million females, which you can imagine takes a toll on men who are seeking heterosexual relationships because there just weren't as many women as there were men. They ended up creating these things called dating schools for men and also speed dating for quote unquote, the leftovers in the late 20s and 30s. They created these schools for them to enable them to meet people faster. I read about them. They're called etiquette schools and they teach them how to talk to women, how to start conversations and how to give compliments and even how to eat. How to eat? Yeah. What does that have to do? What, so if they're on a date, like how to use a knife and a fork? Most probably because I know that people from Western cultures, Western countries go to China and they get jobs in these etiquette schools. That is very interesting. Remember that Chinese dating show that you were obsessed with? I'm still obsessed with it. What's it called? I can't remember. Who could be the one or the one? Yes. Who could be? Are you the one? Are you the one? I love that show. They got people from different countries in the show as well. Wasn't it just Asians? No, no, no. They got people from different Asian countries and from European countries. There were a few Aussies on the show as well. It was the most cringe show. I love it. I still watch it. And what about Spain, mum? It's a bit awkward because if you have a girlfriend or boyfriend, you have to meet the whole family. I love that. I'd hate it. I'd be very insecure and nervous. I think it's so fun. It's just like a big fiesta. The fiesta part is nice. I think the food would be great. But can you imagine all those eyes checking you out, looking at you? For someone out of that culture, it would maybe be a bit shocking, a bit especially if you're coming from a country or like an Asian country where things are a lot more strict by the book Mm. and families are a lot smaller as well. What about in India? I think in India, the dating is more to get married. There are a lot of arranged marriages and photos of different partners are sent to the girl or guy and you have to rummage through the photos and choose someone who looks okay to you Mm. and the parents set up dates for them. Yeah, India is still pretty conservative on the dating front, but things are changing there as well. I know that dating apps are getting a lot more popular. I actually heard a story about one girl whose dad, he made a profile for her on a dating app and tried to find suitors. So it was like a new way of arranged marriage. And she had no idea, Miss Probably. No, that he... she was being catfished by her own dad. Or she was, she had a catfishing profile created by her own father. So he would choose people that he thought were good for her, but she wouldn't most probably look at because everyone's got different tastes. Yeah, but also based on their dating app profiles, which was very interesting. It was arranged marriages in the modern day. And parents have different taste to what their children would have. If you tried to pick my potential suitor, how do you think that would go? I think we've got very different tastes. But also similar sometimes. Yeah. We both love Angel from Buffy. He is our tall, dark, brooding, handsome vampire. I think that was my first crush ever. David Boreanaz. 
Look I him think, up, guys. Yeah, he's very hot. He's also Sealy Booth in Bones, but he'd aged about 20 years at that point. So We like the young angel. Yeah, young angel, young Spike as well. Who else? Brock from Pokemon could have had all of this. What about Michelle Marone in 360? Uh. <laughs> let me finish in 365 days. How are you lost, baby girl? We love him. Yes, yes, yes. But such cringe social media presence. I don't even know if it's Michelle. Michelle Marone. Maybe I don't it's know how you Michael Marone. Maybe. I like the tattoo on his hand. Of the bird. Yeah, it's very cool. It is. He is your typical, just tall, dark and handsome Italian stallion. Definitely. Okay, well, on the topic of Michelle, Italy, I read a really good article by Italian sex columnist called Ilaria Perron, who said in an interview with The Cut that Italian men are romantic, but they are also liars. I have a friend who can tell you that from first-hand experience. Does this name happen to start with G and end in Rayum? <laughs> Maybe. Wait, does this friend start with I and end in Lana and live in this house? Maybe. Go on. Well, apparently Italian guys are kissing Susan and winking at Mary across the road. At the same time? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Paolo Valassari in Lizzie McGuire? Of course. He's I do. the one who said to her, Lizzie, you shine with the light from the sun. <laughs> but then they outed him at the end and showed Rome that he couldn't sing for shit. Sing to me, Paolo. She should have unscrewed the number plates off his car. Do you remember you thought they were different actresses and you never believed me when I said they were the same actress? I remember we went to go watch it in the movies and I said, Mom, isn't it crazy how similar they look? <laughs> and you said to me, Jasmine, it's the same person. And you never believed me. Well, my little brain couldn't compute CGI technology at five years old. Little Jasmine. Talking about Italian men, I had an Italian stallion in my class more of a sleazy slutty. A sleazy slutty stallion? <laughs> yeah, I had a sleazy slutty stallion in my class. And a very happy hottie. All the women in my class had a crush on him. The life. He was dating a few of them and he would tell one, don't say anything to anybody because it's an English class and we have to keep it professional. A modern John Tucker. I bumped into one of the ladies from that class and she was holding a little boy's hand, her son, and she named the little boy after this Italian slutty sleazy stallion. Wow. So he definitely made an impact. Moving along from Italy, we also have Singapore. Now, Singapore has a very transient population. Yes, Singapore is full of expats, making it a nice melting pot of diversity. The only thing with Singapore is, because it's so small, sometimes you think you'll never see someone again and you bump into them in a club or pub a week <laughs> later, which can be a bit awkward. <laughs> a bit of a, a, bit of a run in. Especially if you're married or are in a long-term relationship. <laughs> Bringing it home a bit, in Israel, the Orthodox Jewish population have a custom known as a shidduch, which is a system of 
matchmaking where singles are introduced to one another. And usually they have these meetings in hotels. So when I was on my gap year there for about seven months, I lived in a hotel in Jerusalem for a few of those months. And so often I would go downstairs going to breakfast and I would see these couples just sitting on couches with this weird distance between each other, getting to know each other. If you watch the show Shtissel, you can see what goes on in the hotel lobbies. Yeah, and then if you watch the show Fowder, you can see what goes on in the Tel Aviv clubs, which is a very, very different situation indeed. <laughs> Another one of my favorites is Argentina. The young people often live with their parents and they have hotels there and they're called Telos. They hire the rooms for one or two hours just so they can have a bit of privacy because they really can't take people home there. Yeah, they go there away from prying eyes. All right, last one before we get into no, the questions. No, but can I just say something? When I was at uni, I always knew when my friend had someone in our room because she always put a cowboy hat on the door. So then I had to turn back and go somewhere else. (laughs) Or a sock on the door handle. No, usually it was a cowboy hat. That's very random. In other words, I'm with someone, go away. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Last one before we get into the questions. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. (laughs) No PDA. Whatsoever. As Samantha Jones in Sex and the City learnt the hard way. <laughs> do you remember that scene in the in the second movie? Of course I do. Where she is on a public date with this beautiful man that she met in the desert. <laughs> and they are having a nice little flirting session and things get a bit heated. And As they do. Someone doesn't like that and they get offended. And she gets fined while she's on the beach having a right old time. <laughs> All right, now we're going to answer a few of your stories, questions, comments that you submitted in. Number one, my culture is very beach and outdoors orientated, but my Scottish boyfriend doesn't enjoy it because he always gets burnt and peels. Oh, poor thing. He has to wear a lot of sun cream and a T-shirt and sit under an umbrella. Do you think he should come to the beach if he doesn't want to? I think that it should be a 50-50 compromise if our listener likes going to the beach, maybe they can sit in the shade so he doesn't peel. That's very nice advice. Slip, slop, slap. And a hat and glasses. That's what slip, slop, slap means. I know. So our next question comes from someone who is Muslim and her boyfriend is Catholic. She says her family are quite conservative and wouldn't accept her marrying him unless he converted. I am not into conversion. You are what you are. You have to embrace who you are and you shouldn't have to change yourself for anybody. They have to love you the way you are. You hold your head up high and be the person you are. If it's your decision and that's what you want, that is your personal choice and that is what's going to make you happy and bring you fulfillment. But especially with something like conversion, that's a big commitment. That's a big deal as well. I heard a story once of a guy in England and he was dating a Muslim girl. He converted and he changed his full name and they ended up breaking up. He changed his name on Facebook. He changed his whole life 
and they ended up breaking up. That's why I never changed my surname when I got married, because you never know how long you're going to be married for. <laughs> That's why we've got different surnames. That's very positive. Yes, exactly. If anyone was wondering why it was Katz and Mizrahi, no one's divorced. Miss Alana here was very ahead of her time. I never changed my name and I never would. It's just such a hassle. You have to change your card. You have to change your, your name when you're at work. You have to change your emails. But back to the conversion, I don't think anyone should convert. Anyone should change their religion. They have to be proud of who they are. Amen. Next one. I'm here on a student visa and would love to meet and date Aussie people. What are your tips? Go to clubs, pubs, join a gym. You always meet people at a gym. Or go to Bunnings or Coles. <laughs> Even get a part-time job somewhere. Aussie culture is super laid back. Head over to the beach, go for walks, go outside a lot, yep. go for hikes, join Facebook groups. I've noticed a lot on a lot of Facebook groups, people post about hikes that they want to go on. Also could be a serial killer, so do err on the side of caution. But that's a great way to meet people. Outdoors clubs. Yeah, your vibe attracts your tribe. Like attracts like. If you're out there and you want to meet people, you will definitely meet people. Like attracts like is one of my favorite sayings. And I learned it from Jasmine. It's all about the law of attraction. And I think we're going to do an episode on mindset and the law of attraction a little bit later down the line. Like attracts like. So be positive, be open to opportunities, be open to meeting people, talking to people, embracing people, and you will definitely, definitely meet cool people. It's about connecting with the universe. The universe sends you messages. You will get it. Next one. Hi, happy hotties. Do you think dating outside your own race makes you more self-aware? Yes. Think about all the new things food you're going to eat, all the new music you're going to hear. You can even learn the language. 100%. It absolutely makes you more self-aware and socially aware and maybe even spatially aware. Yeah, you get it. You learn a new way of thinking. There are different approaches you can take. Anyone you meet that is outside your immediate bubble is going to teach you something, whether you realize it at the time or not. We keep learning all the time and changing and evolving. It's a good thing. Next question says, my boyfriend comes from a traditional family and expects me to be the quote unquote homemaker when we get married, but that does not sit well with me. I'm very career focused. You can both be homemakers, you and your husband. You can both have careers and you can both be homemakers. It is the era of the women, the working women. So I am all about your career goals. If you want to be a homemaker, by all means, but it doesn't sound like it. So smash your goals. And if that's not okay with your boyfriend, then goodbye. Next one. I'm going to meet my Korean boyfriend's family soon. Should I dress aligned with their culture or stick to being me? Don't dress to fit in with their culture. Be yourself. Dress the way you normally dress and feel comfortable dressing. Don't change for anybody. I think this is a contentious one because I think some people might look at it as a respect thing, whereas others might say, just be you because you're not from that culture. Be embracing of it, be respectful and ask questions and learn about it. This reminds me of when a friend of mine had a boyfriend and she was going to meet his parents and he asked her to cover her shoulders and wear a cardigan not to offend the parents. 
I guess that was the end of the relationship. Mm. You can't change for somebody. My family is a conservative Greek family and I'm too nervous to come out and tell them I'm gay. I have a boyfriend and he's from a more liberal Aussie family and doesn't get my reservations. That's a really difficult one. I think at the back of their head, usually parents are pretty cluey and they can read their children. Maybe they know you're gay, but they don't want to talk about it because they're so conservative. I wouldn't even bother saying anything unless they did. Unless it upsets you so much and you want to be out in the open. Yeah, it really depends on the relationship and on the people because on the one hand, your family is someone that will be there with you forever, whereas you don't necessarily know how long a relationship might last for. But it might also be the most freeing and most liberating thing that you ever do. Love is unconditional. And if your parents love you, they'll love you no matter who you are. Last question. What is the biggest challenge when dating someone from another culture? The way of thinking. We all have different ideas because we grew up in different cultures and we all have different customs. I would say the biggest challenge would be finding the right middle ground of how to raise your potential children. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, because if one comes from a strong cultural background and another also comes from that strong cultural background, where's the give and take? Where's the push and pull? How do you meet in the middle? That's interesting because children are tough and they know what they want. And I think that they will find their own common ground and they'll take a little bit from each of you. They grow up with some kind of foundation. You teach children the difference between right and wrong. You teach them manners, good values, kindness, respect. And if that means that they have a Christmas tree and a Hanukkah, let that be. Of course, it's very diverse. And now let's hear from this week's listener. Hi, happy hotties. My story is about my beautiful Diego from Mexico, who I was with for about six months while I was there. My little overseas exchange fling in Mexico. And basically, my Spanish was improving while I was there. Like, it was getting there. But the Spanish in the bedroom is a bit different and it requires special lessons let's just say and so for the first little while I was not understanding fuck all of his dirty talk and I was just like care he would say something assuming I'm assuming it was sexy but I was just like uh care (laughs) care and responding in English which he understood luckily but like probably responding totally irrelevant to what he was saying and um yeah so that took a while and was definitely the source of some laughter in the bedroom so miss ilana english teacher extraordinaire um how would you have bridged this gap how would you have helped mi amor diego y yo and please don't tell me you would have somehow given us a lesson mid-session but please do tell Wow, beautiful listener. I am grinning from ear to ear. 
What an amazing, wonderful, beautiful story. Well, as an English teacher extraordinaire, the language of love doesn't need any words. I thought you were doing a marvellous job and a few sighs and grunts and a few yeses suffices. I think you did very, very well in the language of love. Diego sounds lovely and you sound just as lovely. I can't speak Spanish, but... Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? That is French. I know, but I'm just getting into the romance of it all. The foreign affair. Yes, I think foreign affairs are wonderful. Oh, they are. We've all had them. Mine was with beautiful Marius from Lithuania in Vietnam. Oh, how beautiful was that? We love a mysterious foreigner. Especially dapper English ones who smell of one million. I reckon next time you go to another country, take a one or two day crash course, learn all the basics of how to pick people up, the language of love, flirting techniques, and you'll be right as rain. I can't speak Spanish, but I can say a few things in Russian. Я тебя люблю, ты такой красивый, ты такой интересный. I don't know what that means, but I think that's a great note to leave the show on. Ole! That is all we have time for today. Episode 7 in the bag already. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I did. <laughs> we have another three episodes left in season one, so make sure you get in all your questions, comments, and stories before we wrap up for the season. And we would also love it if you followed us on Instagram at Happy Hotties the Podcast. We're also thinking of making a TikTok soon. So stay tuned because mom thinks she's much better on camera. So that should be interesting. Mm-hmm. As always, the content produced by Happy Hotties exists solely for entertainment purposes and is not intended as a substitute for professional advice. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed our little trip around the world. Keep dating, keep having fun and learning. Enjoy your life. Au revoir, sayonara, desvidanya, litro ot. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>